0: Welcome to Living Beyond Limits with Ian Robertson here. We're continuing off on the last episode we had discussing how do we start to begin to live beyond our limits, the limitations that we place upon ourselves. When we started to discuss this uh, in the prior episode, we started to look at the concept of hope. And hope is actually a key component to live with beyond our limits. What gets in the way of our hope? also can be the barriers which stops us. And where there there isn't hope, there very easily can be hopelessness. Hopelessness has been viewed as certainly a barrier to many not being able to live out what their personal passions are, what their personal goals are, what their personal desires are, things that give them a sense of achievement and pleasure and all the things that can bring happiness to our lives. Viktor Frankl, it was an interesting man. Earlier in my, my 20s, I read his book, Man's Search for Meaning. He had a phrase within his book that said, what is to give life must endure burning. When we look at this definition, everything that we have in our existence and our human abilities is, is internal. It is the light that we have within ourselves. And this light within ourselves has to endure, and light is hope, light is possibilities, light is existence, light is certainly the thing that brings, brings us out of darkness. Hope is the light for many of us, for all of us, actually. When we start to look at Frankel's definition of this, he's not talking just about outward light, he's talking about the inward light. And the enduring part of the burning is how we continue to keep hope alive within us there's a, a couple of authors that wrote a book called hope in the age of anxiety sklioli and and, and biller wrote this book and they in their 13th chapter had a great section in it called overcoming hopelessness escape from darkness and they identified that there are five there there are nine areas of of components or break down situations that cause us to feel hopeless. And these nine areas or these these nine areas or types of hopelessness states for us play a key component. And if we have any one of them, they play a key component in, in our state of hopelessness. Shifting away from these states is critical, but identifying them first of all is even most important. When we look at the 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 nine areas What I want you to do is to concentrate as we go through these nine areas and reflect within yourself on if you are feeling hopeless right now and if you do feel that there's no possibilities for you to get out of your situation or circumstances. And it keeps you stuck in not being able to live in a place beyond your limits and you feel trapped and alone and you feel isolated. I want you, first of all, to look at these nine areas that we're going to talk about and find you in them if you you can connect to any of them. The first one that we're going to talk about that is one of the um, types of hopelessness states is alienation. Alienation, first of all, is a state that keeps us very disconnected. Many people can feel alienated, um, isolated, detached, not only from the, the, the world around them, but even from within themselves. It is the feeling as if you've been kind of cut loose possibly, rejected, no longer worthy of love, no longer worthy of support, no longer worthy of, of care, frankly, you end up in a state of not being worthy. And in turn, when we start to feel strong sense, a strong sense of alienation, a strong sense of disconnection, all of this leads to all of the negative emotions of the human condition as humans were meant to connect, as humans were meant to be in connection and relationship with others. And it's through connection that we experience um, attachment. Attachment is the opposite to alienation. Attachment is the means for us to experience all of the pleasurable parts of emotions that, that kind of filter through our neurobiology and our brain. When we don't experience these and we start to disconnect, the more we disconnect the more negative our emotions become, the more defeated we feel, the more we experience pain and rejection, and the more we feel that we have no place where we can actually um, find meaning in others. Alienation is one of the one of the, the um, areas that contributes and feeds hopelessness. The next area that we have that also can contribute and feed to hopelessness. Maybe if you want to look at it as a recipe or some ingredients that are required in order to have the state of hopelessness. This next one is forsakenness. When we start to feel forsaken, we start to feel totally abandoned. Maybe we feel abandoned and we feel alone in times of our greatest need. When we really needed people to be around us. When we really needed to have the supports as a result of a situation potentially um a painful experience in our event in our life and we feel forsaken we feel left alone we feel completely just rejected and abandoned forsakenness is certainly another component and the we the means out of forsakenness again is to find the right attachments and the right connections to people that help to engage our survival skills within our with our human brain and our human condition another type of component that plays a part in this this experiences of hopelessness is to be uninspired. When we're uninspired, we tend to feel very much like we we no longer have the ability to motivate. We don't have the ability to bring ourselves out of a uh, a condition or a situation that we're in. We feel an apathy. Potentially, we may even find that our own situation. Maybe some of us lack resources, lack the supports, lack the things around us. And in this lacking, we start to feel not only that we are lacking, but the emotional state of this is that we feel undervalued. We don't feel that we actually have the worth. In order to connect with others, positive role models and positive peoples and groups in our lives, that can help to, rather than uninspire, inspire us out of our state powerlessness is another state that leads to hopelessness and powerlessness comes for 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 many that experience hopelessness within their um, could could be potentially from people that they are connected to in their lives circumstances or situations that feel like you really don't know how to get out of your your, your situation maybe it could be also, a feeling that's part of you within your, your makeup. Powerlessness can also come out of if you had a history of complex or a childhood trauma or, or adverse, terrible experiences that you've grown up with uh, in your early childhood. You know, potentially if you had a parent or another parent, you're exposed to domestic violence, you spoke to one parent who had a substance abuse problem and they were potentially uh, or, or other forms of, of adverse consequences in early childhood, a parent, one or the other that experienced maybe depression or some mental health disorder, all of these led to you feeling very much isolated, alone and powerless within your family systems. And the sense of powerlessness interweaves into the psyche of the self and begins to set up a set of operating principles of, of how you believe and live your life out, feeling a sense of not having power or the ability to make the choices and the resources to get out of your situation. It gets in the way of you being able to achieve goals and successes and things that create fulfillments in life because when you experience powerlessness, you start to feel that you're incapable and there's barriers, and all these barriers are bigger than you're able to tackle. Another area that, another type of of category that also um, is an ingredient towards feeling hopelessness as oppression. Oppression involves the subjugation of a person or potentially a group. The word oppressed comes from the Latin word. It actually does have a meaning, and it means basically to be pressed down, to be downtrodden, to maybe be crushed down, thwarted, or, or held down. In our lives, we can be in many situations and circumstances that cause us to feel this way. It can be through... Uh, relationships. It can be through um, family systems that become quite toxic. It can be through employment settings. There are many places. It can be within community and a society where you feel that you are oppressed and pressed down and downtrodden and crushed. And the only means that we can to bring you from this hopeless state to a state of hope is that we help you to start to concentrate and look at how do you gain some naturally and attachment to people that can give you a sense of not being alone through this state and supporting you through it to start to think about another area is to be that contributes to to hopelessness is feeling limit, limited limitedness and, and feeling in the sense that um, limitedness is is also to the point of experiencing yourselves as having deficits or some kind of lack of the right stuff to to make it in the world, that you just you just do not have the survival skills. You're just not capable or able, and you haven't gained the mastery in order to be able to achieve this. And therefore, you form this belief of hopelessness that you just are not able, that you have some forms of of lacking ability that cripple you from being able to move forward and live out your life beyond these limits. Then there's also another type of group that contributes to the sense of, of hopelessness, a category, feeling kind of doomed. This doomness is, is when we start to get the overarching beliefs that, that, that we are weighed down by forms of despair, and that they become overwhelming to us, and these stare the sense of despair can be catastrophic. It can be, it can be that you're thinking the doom of the worst possible outcome. It leads us to believe in our vulnerabilities that we're sinking, and that we are not going to be able to survive and and thrive beyond these horrible situations, circumstances, relations, and problems in our life. That they have a doom effect. And when we start to feel doomed, we feel trapped. And we feel that our means out of this is irreversible. And there's no way out. And then the last area, or second last area of, of feeling hopelessness category is captivity. There's two forms of, of helplessness that people can feel through captivity. There's obviously the captivity that occurs when somebody is physically or emotionally held captive by another individual, you know, in this sense of being held captive, could be held captive and controlled, potentially in abusive relationships or other types of relationships where power is used to control um, an individual to feel held captive. And so... We we look at this as some forms of visible and invisible imprisonment of people that they find themselves in through other relationships that are unhealthy. Equally and as insidiously, we can find another form of entrapment, which is self-imprisonment, and this can also occur um, within within people that identify that they just don't have the means to get out of their situation. Sometimes it's self entrapment or self imprisonment. Uh, of being held self-captive keeps people in unhealthy relationships, potentially even uh, very bad relationships because they don't have a sense of of self to allow themselves to leave and they feel very trapped and confined and controlled within themselves within these relationships. And then there's also the sense of helplessness. And when you become helpless and you have a sense of helplessness, your ability... Uh, to survive this type of condition becomes so overbearing you feel very exposed and vulnerable it almost feels like you have a broken wing in the sense of helplessness, helplessness is because you're broken wing you're not able to fly you're not able to get out and 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 rise above your situation trauma repeated exposures to uncontrolled types of stressors and things in people's lives can produce these senses of helplessness and 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 also sense of being kind of somewhat paralyzed uh, within your situation. Some people with a history or survivors of trauma may feel that I was terrified to go anywhere on my own. I felt so defenseless and afraid that I just stopped doing anything. It just froze when we know people that experience, Trauma triggers, and they get into what we would call a dorsal vagal response. It is a freeze. It is a paralyze. It is is lacking. You're fatigued. You're tired. You just can't get out of it. All of these components, these nine, we'll go through them again. Let me repeat them for you. Alienation. Second one is forsakenness. Third, uninspired. Fourth, powerlessness. Fifth, oppression. Sixth, limitedness. Seventh, doom. Eighth, captivity. And ninth, helplessness. All of these are some of the key ingredients to experience for what people might experience that contribute to their sense of helplessness and hopelessness. In order to overcome and start to address these senses of help hopelessness, the first thing is you got to identify which of these nine you are confronting and you're having to deal with. For each of these forms of hopelessness, we actually have to start to kind of think about how they operate in our mind, body, and spirit. And then we have to look at how do we begin our process once we identify what it is to restructure our thoughts and start to begin to think about how we access the right kind of hope-sustaining relationships and hope-sustaining shifts and, and, and connections that can lead us out of these states People get well only in connection. Everything about the hopelessness states, all these categories lead to disconnection. All of these categories lead to withdrawal. All of these categories lead to isolation. All of these categories lead to you feeling shame and feeling powerlessness and feeling trapped and feeling um, very alone. The roots to changing this is starting to arm yourself with a a prescription of, of kind of bringing us a prescription of connections and relationships and people and also addressing your thinking patterns that lead to emotional states so that what might seem hopeless becomes hope. What might seem powerless can become powerful. What seems alone, can be now viewed as actually connection. There are so many different states. What what seems as apathy and feeling no, no emotional state to get moving can actually be shifted to passion. All of these states can be addressed. And when we start to look at the ingredients in moving forward to address, what do we do and how do we build hope? Because building hope is the key to starting to live your life beyond limits. Hope is what we require for any change process. If you want to change mental health and work through your mental health, we can't necessarily change the diagnosis or the labels that are placed on you. But we can change how you live with it. And we can change that relationship. And within it, we can change. Hey, listen, how can I be my best self? And how can I be live my life out that has the most hopeful sense of purpose and meaning, or if you're struggling with a substance abuse problem, how do I, in hope, find that there, in the darkness of addictions, there is light and there's a means out of this situation, or if you're living with trauma and you've had things that should never have done to, been done to you, happen to you, that have led you to believe that your life is hopeless, listen, we also know that there is a means of getting hope, and it is true the right connections the right supports hope is the starting place for everything and where there is hope there is light and when there is light there is always the possibilities of new new kind of options resources and and also even greater when you have light you can see where you're going hey listen thanks so much for participating in this this podcast I hope it was helpful for you. I hope it inspires you enough to continue to listen to me. Um, my name again is Ian Robertson, and this podcast is called Living Beyond Limits. And we look forward to our next podcast, which is going to talk about the ingredients of what we got to start to look at to start to you know, think about what does hope look like? And how do we move from hopelessness to hope? Hey, listen, have a great day and look forward to connecting with you later on. All the best. Take care. Hello, everyone. This is Ian Robertson. Hey, welcome to Living Beyond Limits. Today, we're going to continue the conversation of what things do we need to do to evoke change and get us moving in the right direction. And we know that hopelessness, as we talked about in our last podcast, can keep us certainly stuck. And if anything, it's not moving in the direction of forward momentum or moving forward. Hopelessness is what keeps us in the past. Hopelessness is what keeps us stuck. Hopelessness is in itself it creates its own form of energy. Where your focus goes, energy flows. And when you think about your focus feeling hopeless and feeling that things are not possible, where focus goes, energy flows, that type of focus only creates an emotional state that goes along with it, such as uh, sadness, depression. It can lead to anxiousness, fear, all kinds of things that get in the way of us moving forward. Today, I want to talk something around something that's a little bit more kind of forward movement or forward momentum. It's how do we actually move ourselves forward with hope. You know, hope actually is something that actually requires you to invest in it. It requires you to have some form of what we call act. A, standing for accept your thoughts and feelings. C, connect to your values. And T, Take effective action. In order to find hope, hope starts with action. It means taking the necessary steps to move towards a life that makes your heart kind of sing. It makes your heart move. It makes you want to um, create change and improve your life situation. And, And it creates action steps that have a commitment and a certain desire to achieve when we think about all the different possibilities of how do we get action going, oftentimes when folks feel hopeless, they struggle to even think about how do I make a step. But we know when you start to shift your thinking and move towards action steps, even slight action steps, even slight changes, even slight movements, many things start to grab momentum. Hey, listen, a snowball, if you keep rolling, it becomes a big, big pile of snow. It takes movement, it takes effort, and it takes energy. But how do you get hope? Hope is actually established by creating it. And you, know, you have to create the changes within yourself and the steps to making this change happen in order to create hope. Hope does not happen by no movement. It doesn't happen by being sedentary, and it doesn't happen with no commitment. And so if we start to look at, you know, kind of what things in our lives do we want to create hope with? Well, first of all, we have to accept our thoughts and feelings. Right now, fighting our thoughts and feelings, fighting um, our, our thoughts and embracing the thoughts and feelings of not being able to achieve, not be able to get out of our situation, not being able to remove ourselves out of our sadness. Rather than fighting it and resisting it, accept it. Accept the thoughts, accept the feelings for what they are, and then start to connect to values that are going to move you in the direction of some form of actional change. You know, we look at the things that we value in life. First of all, many folks that feel hopeless are alone. When you, when you live in a hopeless state, you isolate. When you live in a hopeless state, you disconnect and you withdraw. People that are trying to get out of that state and move towards hope, they actually have to connect. It's in connection, it's in relationship, it's in being with others that we start to find hope, find strength, and find the abilities to move our lives forward. We don't actually uh, grow in isolation. All of us grow in connection and relationship. When we think about the values that we have of what type of relationships we want to build, we want to think about what sorts of relationships are important to us. How do we want to find relationships that give us meaning and give us inspiration? What personal qualities do we want to develop within ourselves and what what, what types of personal qualities can we grow from others? And we pick people around us that are, that are people that are stronger than us, can provide us encouragement and strength and inspiration and can mentor our lives that has profound effect on our belief and our capacity. To, to kind of keep moving forward when we have these types of inspirations around us in others. You know, when we start to look at not just our our values for relationships, then we have to look at other values in our life that kind of give us strength and encouragement. Whether some people like to think about not just um Connecting in relationships, we're also connecting to other things that give us hope and inspiration and, and help us to feel that we have value in our lives. And it may be things such as enhancing knowledge, volunteering. It might be things such as employment, all different types of kind of areas of, of connections that are outside of personal personal relationships but relationships in other areas of our lives you know when we start to develop our mind and self-develop ourselves and certainly that provides us a spark of encouragement when we when we connect with others potentially you know it's kind of interesting having a job is a job but actually what we get from employment is actually more than just a job. We get connections, we get relationships, we get a place to get up every morning and go to that gives us potentially meaning and and ways for us to kind of um, live our lives out beyond just kind of lives with no purpose and no meaning. So it certainly does add so much more to what we can achieve in our life and building leisure into our life. If we want to find kind of hope and inspiration, then we need to find things in our lives that are meaningful. You know, there's lots of ideas of ways of how we can play and relax and stimulate ourselves in, in ways that, and, you know, allow us to feel that we're alive inside, and in ways that we find enjoyment and pleasure when we think about this, we also look at things such as hobbies and sports and artistic pursuits and creativity and all kinds of really interesting ways of having recreation fun, and possibly even things that you know mentally stimulate our minds and our creativity, but also you know when we think about um our leisure connections, they are also the things that add another layer of purpose to our lives, certainly super super meaningful, very important. You know, as we look into, um, looking again, considering with the idea of how do we stimulate hope, we also find that hope begins when we start to find hope and love. And that means that we let people that we, you know, uh, wanna help us and and wanna support us, we let them into our lives. Oftentimes, um, sharing our our deepest desires with people that you love and people that can um, help you on your journey. There's so much strength in the we. Oftentimes we call this, uh, where where does the I become we with somebody else? And this is called the renaissance of of our connection. You know, when we consider um, the idea that we need to help and be helped as much as, um, you know, there's a giver and a receiver. And We certainly want to receive love from others but we also want to give it and and we find hope in love and in the exchange of love whether we we receive it which is often hard for many or give it but it's in that experience that hope can be found and and certainly another dimension to sparking our 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 encouragement to move forward and then we also find listen hope in giving you know many people have incredible talents it never ceases to amaze me in my whole um, working in, in as a therapist for so many years and working with different types of population groups, whether I work in substance abuse, whether I've worked in mental health, whether I've worked with homelessness, whether I've worked with professionals or uh, professionals in agencies that are service providers or in my private practice. It is amazing the gifts and talents that people have. Everybody is born with so many unique unique abilities, and gifts. And it is an incredible opportunity when we can give times to our talents and the treasures that we carry within us, and that we can turn these treasures, and we can turn these talents, uh, attention to somebody else, and that through that, we can provide and give um, our abilities and our gifts and our talents to others, and in creating hope in others, and creating purpose and, and possibilities, and and potential strengths. Gratitude is an interesting also concept. You know, if you listen to specifically any conversation that people have today, there's not a lot of positive in the world. There's not a lot of positive through media. There definitely is not a lot of positive when in in many work environments, which is, you know, um, we talk about the downsizing of work environments. Sometimes people are really affected by this, family systems, and even peer groups. And so I want to actually extend this a little farther that it's important that, that we in ourselves find ways to build our own inner gratitude. Gratitude is the ability to look into anything and be able to say, what am I grateful for? If you take Maybe the people in your life you struggle the most and possibly have impacted you. Uh, Certainly, if you had to reflect on, on all the ways you may be grateful for them. If you think about the many gifts and talents that you have within yourselves that you might not recognize, but oftentimes our inner narrative, our inner narrative has many negative aspects, faults and failings and shortcomings and things that we tell ourselves about ourselves about where we maybe have these limiting beliefs and these limiting beliefs that I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not able to be uh, maybe potentially a good person or grow or whatever. These are all limiting beliefs. If we actually turned around and reflected on all the things we have to be grat- grateful for from our past and our present and our future and things we have to be grateful for within ourselves, this has incredible power to shift The way we think and see the world, it creates a new lens. It creates a lens through gratitude that leads us closer to hope and also pleasurable emotions. It shifts us us out of our negative state. You know, when we start to find other areas of hope that can strengthen us, you know, it's also the ability to have hope and trust. Believe in yourself and others to be a life changer in a world and in potential even a world changer. You have the power to make things better and different, and you have to have the trust in yourself to believe in yourself that you can actually do that. And then as we move forward, again, once we start to build the power of of action and finding hope in love and maybe in knowledge and finding hope in giving and gratitude and trust, then we also find hope in intuition And that's the intuition is the voice that will guide you, the inner voice inside of you that will lead you um, in your journey and guide you to whatever direction, um, you know, hope wants to take you. Oftentimes we say don't get attached to outcome. Just let your journey be and follow your inner voice and your intuition to where that takes you. And then also looking at hope and change. And the only constant in this world is change. Go with the flow and experience all that the change has to offer you is we, we explore the possibilities of change in our life. You know, you know, sometimes we see change as a negative thing, but change, even if it seems to be negative, is a way that it builds us, it strengthens us, it creates resiliency. Some of the most resilient people I've experienced in my life are people have come through some significant human suffering, but in their human suffering, it has allowed them to become incredibly resilient. It's allowed them to become Um, certainly incredibly um, strong within themselves. And so if we think about how we can kind of allow our experiences to lead us and help us to grow from the inside out, there's many possibilities and and things that we can find through hope by, by how we look into our own lives and the world around us and how we've grown from these experiences. And then the other thing, too, to find hope, we have to start letting go. You know, we have to let go. One of the biggest things that gets in the way of hope, without a doubt, happens to be fear. Fear has an interesting way of keeping all of us feeling quite trapped. Fear keeps you not, um, it keeps you immobilized, it keeps you paralyzed. Fear stops you from leaning into possible changes and opportunities you have in your life. Sometimes people stay in conditions and situations that feel hopeless, hopeless, but they stay there because they fear what might happen if they try to change they fear that whatever happens will be worse their situation their condition will worsen or possibly have a a bad outcome and to tell you that nothing will change you can never find hope if you're not prepared to let go of fear and letting go of fear means leading into it leaning into potentially things that you're fearful of changing in your life And starting to make um, the changes by by kind of saying, you know what, I need to go through this. I need to figure this out. You know, we're talking about letting go of your sadnesses, events and things. How do you start to kind of, Look within yourself and say, look, anything that happens in the past is going to keep me in that emotional state in the past. And I need to kind of let go of some of that. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily it's going to go away. You have a hippocampus in your brain that remembers with detail and a thalamus, the sight, smell, touch, taste, and hearing, and the imagery and the events of all that's happened in your life. But what it does do is it helps you come to terms that you don't stay back there. And that by letting go and moving yourself into the present and forward, it doesn't hold you back anymore. Letting go of whatever keeps you stuck and trapped in the past so that you can be present allows you to have the space and create space so that you can move forward. And then all of this is finding hope in the least expected places. You can always predict where you will find hope. Or sorry, you can't always predict who you're going to find hope. Uh, or who might, who might give it to you. You have to be able to have kind of an open heart and, and be ready uh, for hope and, and allow it to kind of come into you um, in places you don't expect. Sometimes it's through relationships. Sometimes it's through experiences. Sometimes it's through uh, things that you do that you know you experience in somebody else's life. There's so many things. So, you know, as there's no proverb said, that he who has health has hope and he who has hope has everything. You know, so in short, what do we need to do to kind of build this hope? Well, just as a concluding, hope is the means to a meaningful life. Hope is the means for us, whatever our realities and our conditions are, whatever we have and how we can live our life. With hope, we can live it in the most meaningful way. You know, to pay attention now as we think about this purpose that we become somewhat of a diffusion, that we can able to diffuse our negative thoughts and things that get in the way of our hope. Start to recognize your thoughts, your images, and memory, and start to notice it for what they are, just words and pictures, and allowing them to come and go as you please without fighting them, running away from them, or giving them more attention than they deserve. When you have thoughts that get in the way of you moving forward, just notice them, be with them, and let them come and go. Don't fight them. It's like a door. you got a front door and you got a back door. Just let it pass through. Start to think about your purpose and building an expansion within you, making room for your feelings, your sensations, your urges, and allowing them to come and go as they please. Don't fight them, running from them, or trying to avoid them, or give them an undue attention. Just allow them to have room to feel and experience And then build your connection, bringing your full awareness to the here and the now and the experiences of openness, interest, and receptiveness. Focusing on engaging fully with whatever you're doing. And this is a process of really starting to reflect into yourself mindfully. And you know, lastly, if you can put ACT into your life, like we started this podcast with, ACT is really about A- Accept your thoughts and feelings. Don't fight them. Be with them. C, connect to your values and ensure that your values are the values that move you forward, the values in relationships, the values in meaningful hobbies, activities, employment, knowledge, the things that we know that we build our lives around, the things that we actually structure our lives around. And hope has a structure. And hope doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen in isolation. It happens through movement. It happens through connection. It happens through intentional actions that you do and connect to these values. And then also to take effective action soon. All of this will bring us into balance. A hopeless life is an unbalanced life. A life that's full of hope has balance. It has balance in all the areas that we've discussed. In summary, just to conclude this off. Where do you find hope? In action, you find hope in love. Love yourself and connect to yourself in this journey. That you are able to live love out for yourselves and helping others out. Find hope in your gaining knowledge and information and education. Because knowledge is power. And that also is a source of of building mental hope and mental capacity for your your journey in life. Finding hope in giving you know, the more we can take our talents and our gifts and our abilities and give them away to others and make a difference in somebody else's life, we create hope and gratitude and being grateful and noticing all the experiences we had in our past. And even though they were horrible ones, reflecting it with gratitude and how they've helped you grow and become the person you are. Even your gratitude for those in your life today and finding hope and trust and believing in yourself and others uh, to be life changers in the world and that you become a world changer, and that there's power, uh, and that you have specifically power also to make things better and make things different in your life. And then hope and intuition is to follow that inner voice. Wherever it leads and guides, you believe in it and, and find hope and change that change is always constantly happening and go with the flow of the experiences and all that change has to offer and embrace it rather than fight it and find hope in letting go, letting go of things that keep you trapped, mostly fear, sadness, and your anxiety. And these other things that hold you back for becoming the person you want to be give space and let hope in as long as we, we, uh, we, we create the space by letting go of fear, sadness, and all these other um, unwanted emotional uh, experiences and find hope in the, last, in the least uh, expected places. And every bit of our journey, moment by moment, um, step by step, notice, and notice what's around you. Notice what you can grow from. Notice the experiences and keep an open heart and be ready for hope to surprise you. Thank you very much. I hope this podcast has been helpful. And I um, I look forward to the next time we connect uh, and which we'll be talking a little bit more moving in the direction of looking at um, starting the journey of looking at trauma and specifically. I'm going to do a whole series on trauma, which will look at the neurobiology. It's going to look at trauma and how it kind of gets in the way of our past traumas, of how we live our life out today, and how many parts of our past traumas that are unintegrated play a part in our life today, and how do we move past these unintegrated parts that reenact in our day-to-day lives and impact our lives, and how we can actually live lives of meaning and purpose and begin to live lives beyond, far beyond our traumatic experiences of our past, our unwanted experiences of our past, and our painful experiences of the past, so that we can uh, live and thrive and, again, continue to be on the journey of living beyond limits. Have a great day. This is Ian Robertson. Take care.